Hello and welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. Harvest Church is based in sunny Durban, South Africa. We are a family of believers who are passionate about Jesus. We really hope this message inspires you today. Hello, Harvest. So we are Clint and Michelle. Uh, we used to be a part of Harvest, like George said, and three, still a part, three years ago, not one year ago, we left to go to sunny California, to Reading, uh, to, a little, to a little church called Bethel, uh, where we've been for the last little while, and God has done some amazing stuff. So we just, uh, we're not going to give you any leadership tips or any of those things. There's going to be no videos and stuff. We're just going to share stories with you, all right? This is going to be family today. Uh, but before we do that, why I'm just going to do something because we did it in the first service and it was awesome. Just off the back of that amazing testimony, we're just going to go after some healing. And I'm just going to share one brief uh, testimony with you now. So we have a thing at Bethel called Healing Rooms. And basically what they are is that uh, people come into this room and they get prayed for. People from all over the world. Uh, and this year, because of COVID and last year, they've been doing these Zoom healing rooms. So you jump into a Zoom computer and you get prayed for. And yeah. So this one particular lady, uh, she's in Germany. She's a German lady. Uh, she goes to her doctor. Her doctor says to her, listen, you've got stage four cancer. Uh, there's nothing we can do for you. Basically, that was the diagnosis. And uh, she says, well, is there, is there literally nothing you can do for me? And he's a, he's a non-believing atheist doctor. And he says, well, you need a miracle. That's, you need a miracle. That's all. So she grabs onto that one piece of what the doctor says. She doesn't listen to anything else. He says, so if anything this morning, I want you to grab onto this one thing. You just need one miracle. So she grabs onto that thing. So I just need one miracle. The doctor's like, yeah, you just need one miracle. So she says to the doctor, I love her faith. She goes, okay, can you write me a script for that? So the doctor says, what do you, what do you mean? She says, can you write, I just need one miracle and sign it and give it to me. So the doctor's like, oh, the dying lady. Okay, cool. I'll just, you know. So he writes there, just one miracle, and he gives her the script. And uh, she takes the script, and she comes to healing rooms, all excited. The next day, she, now she's on a computer. She's on Zoom. She comes onto the Zoom room, and she's like, she's saying it joyfully. Yeah, I've got stage four cancer, da, da, da. but I just need one miracle. That's all I need is one miracle. And some, we don't even know who, but some random person just prays for her. And goes, okay, yeah, take a miracle. Be healed in Jesus' name. She goes to sleep that night. She wakes up the next morning feeling incredibly healthy, amazing. She's like, sheesh, I feel like a changed person. She goes back to that doctor and she goes, you need to check me out because I feel like God has healed me. The doctor's like, there's no ways anything's happened. But I'm going to check you out anyway. The doctor checks her out. Not one trace of cancer left in her body. Just, so they put a, they put a picture of her up there with the doctor like this and her holding the script. Just one miracle. So I have faith right now this morning just for one miracle. If you need healing in your body, why don't you just stand quickly and I'm going to ask God just for one miracle for you. So if, that's, if you have a back problem, if you have cancer, whatever it may be, it doesn't matter how big or small the problem is. Why don't you just stand right now and we're going to declare God's healing over you. And this is not just about... Michelle and myself. So if you are next to somebody who is standing, tag you are the ministry team today. So why don't you jump up, put your hands on that person, and we're just going to declare healing right now. Why don't you quickly go and just ask them what's, what's wrong with them, and then ask them if you can pray for them while I pray. You're going to pray with me. 
Amsterdam. We just, just one miracle. That's all we're asking for today, God. I thank you for that testimony, Jesus. And I ask for every single body right now in the name of Jesus to be made whole, God. That next week we'll be sharing testimonies of like, ah, yes, I just got my one miracle. I got my one miracle. God radically healed me from cancer. God radically healed me from migraines. God radically opened up my ears and my eyes. Thank you, Jesus, right now that you're healing bodies. You're healing bodies, body parts. You are healing in the, in the mighty name of Jesus. Actually, when I was walking up here, I started getting a pain in my uh, left Achilles uh, kind of heel. If that's you, I just command right now that, that that would be healed right now in the name of Jesus. All pain to be gone in that left Achilles tendon. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Okay, so here again, is it on? Hello? Is it on? Okay. Last time they handed me the mic and it went off. So I thought, oh, I hope that's not a sign or something that only clincher talk. But um, that was in first service. And we just so um, love being with you. As Clint said and George said, we've been away for three years um, in America. And it's such a privilege to come back to a church that we can call home. And you guys have loved us so well, and we really feel at home here. And I was saying to someone yesterday, you know, we feel like we don't feel like we're leaving and we have to give up one thing for another. It almost feels like God gave us double. And so we're just so blessed to be here. So thank you. It's such a privilege. And so as we said three years ago, we packed our bags and we were going for nine months to Redding, California, where there's a ministry school called Bethel. And um, we gave up our normal lives, and it was really hard to do because obviously we have big families here, and um, we had our businesses and all sorts of things that we loved. Um, but we went over for nine months, and little did we know that COVID was going to hit, and we actually got stuck there for two years. I say stuck, but um, as God does, He works out all things for the good. And it was the most incredible adventure, nothing that we could have thought up ourselves. And so three years later, we found ourselves going back to make it home for a while. And um, so, yeah, we're just so, so um, honored to be here today and to get to speak to you. And, you know, when we left for Bethel, we thought, ah, oh, we're going, when you give up so much, you're like, well, I have to know exactly what I'm going for to get so we were like, oh, we're going, we're going to get leadership tips. We're going to become great leaders. We're going to learn theology. We're going to fall in love with the church again. We're going to learn how to pastor people. And honestly, um, when we arrived and when we started going to school, all of the things that we had on our list that had made what we had given up worthwhile all faded into insignificance. And we were met by the love of God, by Jesus. And um, for us, this was our journey of what we had given up to seek him. And it says in Jeremiah, you seek me and you'll find me. And just as we're talking today, I want you to know that it's actually, it's not about getting on a plane and going somewhere or about having to give up a whole lot of stuff. It's about where you're at at the moment and where God's placed you. And this was our journey and so Clint and I um, got into school and it's 
there's quite a lot of people and there's all sorts of things going on and God's doing a lot of things in everyone. And at the beginning, it feels quite overwhelming, to be honest. And I'd come from a very busy lifestyle here. So I had a business, which I absolutely loved. And um, I used to work a lot. And um, I was very busy, but I also um, was very anxious growing up. So a way to deal with anxiety for me was to be busy. Um, and I got to this little town in Reading, and I didn't have my business to um, work hard at and take my mind off things. And I, I didn't have any distractions. And um, God started to speak to me, and he started the one thing that he said to me, the first thing, one of the first things he said to me, when I started school was, um, Michelle, are you, are you busy or are you healed? And I said, oh God, I think I'm busy. And I started this whole journey with him where um, it, he started to speak to me about who he saw me as and, um, and what I could do for him. And so growing up, I've grown up in the church, which has been such a privilege. I've grown up in a Christian family. And um, my family loved Jesus, and it's, yeah, it's been the most incredible upbringing. And um, I've done a lot of things for God. I've done really great things that he's blessed and that he fell on and that he's helped me to do. But in this certain season of my life, um, God started saying to me, I don't know if you've read the Martha and Mary story, but Mary does a lot, uh, Martha does a lot of good things, and it's incredible, and and it's, we need people to do a lot of good things. And then Mary has a moment where she's just caught by Jesus and she gets to sit at his feet. And in that time, Jesus says, oh, Mary's chosen the better thing. And God started to ask me to stop, to stop being so busy and to sit at his feet. And um, he said to me, um, I want you before I want your sin. And I want your heart before I want your good deeds. And I want your attention before I want your acts. And so it began a season that was quite uncomfortable, actually, beginning to learn how to stop and how to just be with Jesus and not be filling my time with um, trying to do things. And so Clint's going to share with you some of our testimonies and um, some of our stories and where God's met us at and what he's done with us. But um, yeah, it basically was a journey of giving him, handing over slowly all of the parts of us um, that he wanted and giving ourselves again completely to him. So babe, Johnny, get up and share. This is Michelle Awesome. So, yeah, a lot of you will know me, but not everybody knows my story. So I'm just going to run through it very quickly to paint some sort of a picture. So uh, I grew up in a South African Christian home. My mom and my brother and family and friends are all sitting here. Hello, mom. How are you? Hello. This one's for you, mom. You know, just got to honor the mothers when they're here. You know, I was again in trouble afterwards, but anyway. Um, so I grew up in a South African Christian home. Uh, but I would say for me, it might have been different to my parents, but for me, it was just country club Christianity. I went on Christmas and I went on Easter and that was pretty much about it. If you ask me, did I believe in Jesus? Did I believe in God? I'd say, yeah, I, I believed in him, but I never, ever had a relationship with Jesus. It was always about what can Jesus do for me, not what I can do for Jesus. And uh, I got radically saved in my 20s. Um, I went to a 
crazy church called Glenridge. My first encounter of that church was a friend of mine invited me to a braai, which we now say barbecue, because if I say braai in America, no one has a clue what I'm saying. So he invited me to a barbecue braai, uh, and I stayed 40 minutes away in Salt Rock, and he said, hey, let me, I'm going to come pick you up, and we're going to go to this braai. So he picked me up, and he took me to this braai, but he, as he took me, he said, but uh, there's one, I have to make a stop off at this prayer meeting. Uh, it's going to be like, you know, 45 minutes, whatever. So I thought, okay, like I didn't have much expectation of it or anything. So we rock up to this building that doesn't look like a church, and it's a very big building. And I'm like, sure, this is, what, what's going on here? So he says to me, listen, you can stay in the car or you can come inside. So I thought, no, I want to come check out what's going on in here. So I walk into this building, and those days there were 900 people at that prayer meeting. Uh, it was a cappella, so anybody could come up to the mic and sing or say anything. There were grown men dancing with ribbons and flags. I know it's crazy, like uh, blowing the shofar, people throwing oil. It, it was just everything. And I was like, what the heck is this? And I thought, sheesh, my friend is uh, in a cult and la, 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 la. But you know, God is always wiser than us, eh? And there was a lot of pretty girls at that prayer meeting. And God said, I got you. Don't worry, bro. And um, so I ended up going to this church purely based on the good-looking woman that were in the congregation. But Jesus had a different plan for my life. And one evening, a big, strong man got up and he began to preach on John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And it was the first time like this. It was like something fell from my eyes and my heart opened. And I saw what Jesus had done on the cross for me. And I began to watch as this man would weep. And I would be like, why? Why is he crying? And then I got it. I was like, oh, it's the, it's the price that Jesus paid for him. This man gets the gospel. And I got radically, radically saved. And that was the start to this incredible journey. Fast track. Michelle and I leave to go to... Uh, Bethel Reading, and like she said, we had one perspective in our mind of what God was going to do and shape us into these world changes, these amazing leaders, and I'm going to have the five points in my pocket of, you know, how to stop sinning and enter more into his kingdom and blah, 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 and all these things, and God completely chucked all of that out the basket and said, no, no, I'm going to show you something that's going to completely blow your mind. But in that him blowing my mind, I got, I got radically confronted with this thing. And this started happening because I started seeing other people's testimonies around me. And I'm not just talking like, uh, you know, oh, yeah, uh, someone prayed for me. I kind of got healed. I'm talking like people getting raised from the dead. I'm talking about people getting stupid amounts of money. I'm talking about people getting caught up in heavens with angels, all these testimonies. And I got to the point where I was like, sheesh, either this book is a complete load of lies or everything in this book is real. And I got confronted with like, God, you need to actually show me because I think there's part of this stuff that I believe. And then there's other parts that I either don't believe or I'm completely terrified and don't even want to go near. And I'm talking about if you read this book properly, there are stories about fire falling from heaven and consuming an altar. There's stories of sticks turning into snakes, people running faster than cars, people getting caught up into heaven and all sorts of crazy things. It's all, it's all in the Bible. And I was like, God, it's all either complete lies, and people wrote this to make up good stories so that we could believe in some person who was probably a prophet, he isn't actually really God, and we can all come to a Sunday meeting, have, you know, 
uh, white picket fence Christianity, tap each other on the back, have, have a coffee, go home, and it's all da-da-da, and that's it. Or there's actually living power inside this word, and God, you need to show me. And God was like, okay. And you know, sometimes when we, um, when we ask God to show us things and we pray silly little prayers, uh, we actually have to be we actually have to be quite careful. So that song, I wanna be trialed by fire, purified. Who loves that song? Put up your hand if you love that song. Yeah, okay. Well, you haven't been trialed by fire yet. I wanna be trialed by. So I changed it. I was like, I wanna be trialed by favor, purified. Because I was like, I don't want to sing that. I don't want to be trialed by fire. Who wants to be trialed by fire? I don't want to be trialed by fire. So I got to this place where I was like, okay, God, uh, I know on the other end of you showing me who you really are, it's actually going to take me stepping out of the boat and having some faith. And that's the thing with God is that because faith requires action, God doesn't just do things for us. He actually, he leads us to a place to be like, you actually need to do something in order for it to become very real. In your own life. And I got trapped in this thing of, okay, well, now, now I got to do some stuff. And God started to speak to me about, uh, he wanted to renew my mind around what I believed in him and also who I really am. And I got to a point where I started going, okay, I need to start believing that I actually carry, I carry the gospel of the good news inside of me. And I want to encourage you today, if you are saved and you're sitting here, spirit-filled with Jesus, you, you don't have a rusty car living inside of you. When you speak to people about Jesus, you are not selling them a rusty car. You have the good news of the gospel living inside of you. It's Romans 8. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you. And I had, I had to go, listen, I really need to believe it, God. The same spirit that raised a man who was completely dead for three days, rotting in the grave. The same spirit and power lives inside of me. I have to believe it. I can't play games anymore. God, you have to show me. And God said, okay, boy, well, we're going to step out in some faith and I'm going to show you. And this is, where, this is where all the fun begins to happen. And just a little quick snippet on the renewed mind. Now, this is philosophies that uh, people who are motivational speakers take. It's not just me. So people take stuff from the Bible and they say, oh, they made it up. And, you know, these gurus, they, they didn't. They stole it from the Bible. It's the renewed mind. So this is how the renewed mind works, okay? Belief systems. So what you believe triggers a thought. A thought triggers an emotion. An emotion triggers an action. And your action produces fruit, either good or bad, which then reinstills the belief system, okay? So as an example, if I live in a household where my parents tell me the whole time, oh, money is hard to make, money is hard to make, money is hard to make. All right, so I have a belief system in my mind. Money is hard to make. So then I go around, I have this thought in my, in my mind, yeah, sheesh, money is hard to make. It triggers an emotion. Sheesh, I don't want to make money because it seems really hard to make which then triggers an action. I actually don't do anything, so I don't make any money, which then produces fruit. I don't have any money, which then reinstills the belief system of money is hard to make. But the same thing is possible with the kingdom. The same thing is possible with the kingdom. In Romans 12, it says, do not be conformed by the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So then you will be able to test and approve that God's will for you is good, pleasing, and perfect. It's actually saying by you renewing your mind and testing the renewed mind, you will see that God is good, pleasing, and perfect. 
So God said to me, okay, I'm going to renew your mind, but I'm not just going to give you a renewed mind. You need to step out in faith now. I'm going to show you that it's real. So I said, okay, God. So somehow uh, I got earmarked as an evangelist at Bethel. I don't really think I'm an evangelist. I'm still working on it. But anyway, people saw a gift on my life to speak to people and lead them to Jesus. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, that's great. I don't see it, but you see it. So let's just go with it. So I get put in charge of taking people to the streets and evangelizing and leading all these students on these evangelistic things. But I'm confronted with the fact of like, God, I really, I better believe what's inside of me because I'm taking 80 students to the street to preach the gospel. And I got caught on the scripture in 1 Corinthians 12 where it says, it's not by my wise or persuasive words, but it's by demonstration of God's power. And I started with that and I said, okay, God, you need to renew my mind around who you really are and your power. When I go out and I preach the gospel to people, I don't want to convince people to come to Jesus. Hey, you have to come to Jesus. Look, he's so lovely. Look, he'll, he'll take care of all your money issues. He'll take care of da-da-da-da-da-da. And I love Jesus. You know, that's actually not the gospel. If you read how Jesus attracted people to himself, do you know what he said? Oh, yeah, sell everything, leave your father and mother, come follow me. We go, oh, no, no, he'll give you everything you want. Jesus said, oh, no, leave everything, then come follow me. It's actually very, very convicting. And to live, a, to live a Christian life, you actually need faith. But it does something inside of you that isn't, it's so spiritful and so full of life that it's unexplainable. Anyway, so I'm going to share some testimonies of what God, is this good? Everyone with me? Say, put your hand on your head. Say, God loves my mind. As I hear these testimonies, help me renew my mind in Jesus' name. All right, amen. So the first, the first two months we're, we're in Reading, and I ended with a story, but I'm going to start with a story because it's a good one. So the first two months we're in Reading, um, I was going to buy a car, uh, and I only had $2,000, and I get to go buy this car, and I look at this thing, and I'm like, bro, this thing ain't going to give me nowhere. It is falling to pieces. It's rusted, but it's all I can buy. And while I'm looking at this car, God says to me, no, I don't want you to buy this car. I'm going to give you a car. Okay, now, backtrack six months. Six months prior to us leaving, someone came up to me in a very crazy story and gave me a Land Rover. All right? So now I'm like, I don't know many people who get given cars. I've already been given one. What are the chances that God's going to give me another car six months later? Right? But I'm like, okay, God, you said you're going to renew my mind. I'm just going to take a step of faith. I ain't feeling it, but I'm going to just say yes. So I leave there and I... I go to church that Sunday night, and I'm sitting in the back, and I'm just being real with Jesus. And I'm like, God, I'm frustrated because when I was 18, it was okay to ask 20-year-olds for a lift to school. I'm 36 now. This ain't fun anymore. You tell me you're going to give me a car. I don't feel like asking this person on Monday for a lift to school again. It's been two months now, blah, 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 blah. While I'm having a good time. Richard Gordon, a friend of mine, stands up and he begins to share my testimony of when someone gave me a Land Rover. And God says to me, ah, you forgot. Now, when God says that to me, and this is the only way I can explain it, so whatever your theology is or your grid, that's on you. But anyway, I look at the stage and there is a fat angel sitting on the stage and he is doing this to me. Yeah. So I'm looking around going, what, is, what in the world is going on? Is anybody else seeing this angel? What is going on? And, and I look at him and God says, I say, God, what, what is this angel? So God says to me, oh, he's the angel of more than enough. And he says to me, I want you to go like this to him. 
So I'm like, oh, this is going to look so stupid. <laughs> like, you know, everyone's in worship and there's Clint going, ah, you know. And he's, he's right behind the worship leader. Like, what is the word? You know, I'm just like, oh, whatever. So I'm just like, oh, like this. But as I do this, this faith begins to fill me. And I stand up and I just begin to declare God's faithfulness. I say, God, I remember when you did this. I remember when you did this. God, I'm so thankful when you, when you gave me a breakthrough in this area. And I just started listening. And I can't make this up. Ten minutes later, this guy walks up to me and he says, I don't know him. I had like met him once. He says, uh, hey, Clint, uh, I don't know if this is weird for you or not. I think he's going to give me a prophetic word or what. He said, but I had a dream of you last night. And in the dream, God said to me that I needed to buy you a car. Very wealthy man. He whoops out his credit card. He tells me the amount that's on his credit card. And he says, here's my card. Go buy whatever car you want. Boom. Just like that. Right then and there. Thank you, angel, of more than enough. Three days later, a guy comes up to me in school, another guy. And he says, man, I, I don't know this guy. He says, this is so crazy. But I, uh, I felt like God said I needed to give you my guitar. He gives me this guitar. It's a $4,000 guitar. That's 70,000 rand. He gives me this guitar. Three days later, the guy comes up to me. He says, I don't know why. I feel like I need to bless you guys with iPhones. Gives myself an iPhone and Michelle an iPhone. And it just, it just freaking carried on. Like, do, 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 to the point of where I was like, oh, my gosh. Where's that angel again? I need to see that dude again. Where is he? You know? So I had a couple of more crazy encounters with him. So that, that was that story. Tra- fast tracking to the evangelism thing. So I get, I get put, uh, put in charge of this uh, evangelism um, outreach thing we do in Florida. But uh, I'm, I'm with three people that are supposed to be leading me on the street. I'm with them. They're a year above me in school. And all of them, except for one girl, uh, have never preached the gospel to anybody. They've never led anybody to the Lord. And they've never, ever shared their own personal testimony. Now, to paint the picture, I'm on a street where there are nightclubs, strip clubs. Everybody's drunk in the road. It's this huge, busy street uh, in downtown Orlando, Florida. It is packed with people, and I'm going out with three people who are mouse. No lions. Um, and I'm half a lion right then. I'm like, oh, this is, this is going to be fun. Anyway, but like I said, I said, God, you got to renew my mind around your power. And God said, okay, well, you're going to have to step out in faith. So I'm walking on the streets, and I'm just praying, and God says to me, I want you to go preach the gospel. And he shows me these six young guys. They're between the ages of 17 and 19. You know, cool cats, they're backwards cap, they're riding their bicycle up and down the streets and doing all these crazy tricks and everyone's watching them. And God's like, yeah, I want you to go preach the gospel to them. And in my mind, I say, okay, God, you have to give me language to speak to these guys because they, I don't want them to get Clint. I want them to get Jesus. So God tells me what he wants me to do. And in my mind, I thought, oh, this is either going to flop horribly <laughs> and I'm going to look like an absolute idiot or God's power is going to come. He tells me what he wants me to do with these guys. And I'm, now I'm like, yo, I'm a little bit terrified because this is going to be hectic. It's on this busy street and it's about to go down. But I'm also like, do you know what? I'm filled with faith and whatever. I clinked out a long time ago and I'm filled with the gospel of the good news and I'm giving them the good news. And whether they want it or not, I'm going to tell them who Jesus is and how he loves them anyway. Boom. So I go over to this group and I find the, the main guy. He's doing all the tricks. He looks like he's the, you know, the leader of the pack. And I go to him, I'm like, you know, just makes up a conversation. I'm like, hey, what's up? He's like, oh, my gosh, you're from South Africa. I'm like, yeah, lions, elephants, blah, 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 all those things, you know, that the Americans think are on our doorstep. And um, I say to him, hey, bro, 
can you show me the wildest trick you've got on your bike? He said, yeah. And I said to him, uh, but only on one condition I can show you a trick afterwards. And he's like, all right, man. Okay. So he goes and he does this crazy trick and amazing. He comes back and he thinks I'm going to take a bicycle. So he comes to give me his bicycle. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what I, I said to him, um, I want to show you a power that you've never seen before. And he's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, and this power comes in the form of a person. And he's like, yeah. And then I said, and his name is the Holy Spirit. And he's like, what? <laughs> and I was like, and in my mind, I'm like, oh, gosh. Okay, here we go. So I said to him, I said, hey, man, you trust me. Like, I'd love to pray for you. And I feel like God's power is going to fill you. And he was like, you mean like, like Christian prayer? Whatever. So I was like, yeah, like Christian prayer. So he's like, okay, man. He's like, well, should we hold hands? So I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> you know? So, but now, here I am in the middle of this busy street. There are now 12 people in this circle. We are all holding hands. Now, this is the kind of faith I'm talking about, right? If this doesn't work, I, <laughs> I'm just going to look like an idiot, and that's okay. But I'm standing there, 12 people in a circle. There's a whole bunch of people watching us going past, all thinking, what in the world is going on here? And I've got a friend with me who's an amazing prophet. She's filled. We call her the source of electricity because when she prays, God just pitches up. So I look over to her and I say, Alyssa, just pray for the Holy Spirit to come. So she says, Holy Spirit, I welcome you right now. And as she says that, this guy who's the main guy, he's on my left, he begins to shake like this. And he's like, what the? What the? Like this. And one by one, all these young guys begin to get filled with the Holy Spirit in the circle. Shaking uncontrollably like this as we just began to pray that God's power would fill them. After that, we led all of those young guys to the Lord right there on the street, busy Florida. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. The thing is, is it wasn't by my wise or persuasive words, but that was a demonstration of God's power because he deeply, deeply loved those young guys. He has a plan and a purpose for those young guys. And honestly, I left that night going, God, there was, there was such, a, such a privilege just to share the good news, not the sad news, the good news of Jesus, that these kids actually have hope. That the night before they met us, they were going one way, like the chosen says, and after they met Jesus, that night they were going a completely different direction. And I genuinely trust that their whole lives will be completely changed. Another story. Is this good? Everyone good? All right. I'm just going to take a sip of water quickly. Hold on. I love Jesus. And I know that he really likes me and he loves me, which is a, some people don't really know. It took me a long time to realize that Jesus not only loves me, but he actually really likes me. Like he likes my presence. He likes it when I come and sit with him and I don't just do all the talking, but I actually... Go, hey, God, what do you have for me today? What do you want to say to me? I just sit, and he just begins to say, oh, I'm so proud of you. Oh, I love you so much. I had a, a, a meeting that I had to do last week that was a hard meeting for me. I had to confront somebody about something. I didn't want to do it, and I was running away, and God said, no, I want you to do it. I want you to do it, and it ended up being an amazing meeting. I left there, and both of us, this particular person that I had, the conversation with we both left like more united and when i left there i felt like god said to me the holy spirit just came in my car and he said i'm so proud of you for doing that i'm so proud of you for actually 
just setting aside your own agendas and listening to me and just going to sit with that man. And I want to tell you, God doesn't just love you, but he actually really likes you. Like he likes to be with you. He likes to be in your presence. And these things that I get to do here, it's just because he wants to show his glory to other people. But he also wants me to know that he lives inside of me and that I do actually carry him. So a friend of mine, is this, uh, he's this uh, big DJ in America. Um, and he goes all around the world doing these huge DJ uh, kind of concerts and whatever. And he invites me to this uh, block party at, in San Francisco. And he says to me, hey, Clint, there's a whole lot of famous DJs that come to play at this particular event. He said, would you mind bringing a team and just come and pray during my set while I'm on there? And he's got such amazing grace on his life to be in the midst of that whole industry. And he's playing, he like, he'll put on songs while everybody's going crazy. And it'll be like, hallelujah, Jesus. And everybody's like, yeah. You know, they don't even know what they're singing. But he's just, he's inviting the Holy Spirit into those places in a phenomenal way. And uh, so we go to this party. And to be honest, I thought it was, we were just going to a nightclub. It'd probably be like 200 people, you know. So I get there. It's on the street. There are 8,000 people on the street. And this is in the middle of San Francisco. There's everybody who's, anybody who's there. I'm talking, you can use your imagination, but they are all there. And uh, we go to this, we, yeah, so we go to this event and, uh, I'm hanging kind of backstage VIP with all these famous DJs. I don't even know who they are. I'm just like, Jesus loves you. Amen. You know, so I'm chilling there uh, during this friend, friend set of mine. And this girl walks uh, through, the, through the security straight towards me. And she says, hey, do you mind if I just come and sit with you? So I said, yeah, you can come sit with me, no problem. So she comes and she sits down and we're just making conversation. And the security come and they grab her and they're like, hey, ma'am, you can't be here. Don't know how you got in here. Uh, please can you come up? So they begin to escort her away, and as they begin to escort her away, I feel the gentle breeze of the Holy Spirit come and say, she didn't come and sit here for you. She came here for me. I was like, okay, God, I know, I know what that means. And that's, it's important to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit because He's always speaking to us. He's always asking us to do stuff. He's always asking us to, to take a risk or to share the gospel with this person, to share the gospel with that person. It doesn't, it doesn't cost us much. So I just said, okay, God, I'll, I'll be obedient. So I go up to her and I'm like, hey, uh, what's your name again? She tells me her name, Daisy. And this bold, this only way I can explain it, this bold faith comes on me. And I'm, so the stage is behind me. Everybody's dancing over here. And I'm looking at her straight in the eyes over here. The VIP, whatever, where all the bodyguards are standing. They're literally like all here. I mean, there's people everywhere. It's not like I have open space. It's like. And everyone's on top of each other. I just look at it and I said, Daisy, your whole life you've been looking for intimacy and love. You've tried to find it in sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And I point to this whole stage. And I said, you haven't found it. You left empty and you're bitter inside. I said, but as a sign and a wonder, I'm going to put my hand on your head. And as I begin to pray for you, God's power is going to fill you in a very real way. And you're going to know that God is real. And I don't even do the Bethel thing and ask your permission. Hey, can I put my hands on you? I just put my hand on her. I said, in Jesus' name, come now. And as I, as I do that, she begins to manifest. Just, you know, I'm like these people, right, chap? You know what I'm saying? She's foaming at the mouth, going all crazy. I'm like, whoa, what is going on here? And God's power begins to fall. She falls on the floor. 15 minutes, she's crying in a puddle. Her friends eventually come to the gate. They're like, what is going on? Is she okay? I'm like, I think she's okay. <laughs> I don't actually know what's going on, but I'm, I'm sure I'm going to find out right now. And then the, the bodyguards come. They're like, is she okay? Does she need help? I'm like, no, I don't think she needs help just yet, but I'll let you know. And anyway, she comes around. 
And uh, 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 eventually, she comes around and she's normal. And I'm like, hey, Daisy, what's happening? Tell me, what's, what's going on? What's, what's God doing? She goes, I don't know how to explain it, but when you prayed for me, the love of God filled me like I've never felt before in my whole body. And she said, I know that God is real. I know that God is real. And she, she just begins to testify and that she knows God is real because of his power that just began to fill her. Eventually, I had to leave her. My friends ended up leading her to the Lord. Isn't that a beautiful story? Right there in the middle of a downtown party like that. Yeah, you can give the Lord praise for that. I love that story because it was so it was so out of the normal for me. I was just, I mean, to be honest, I was just chilling at the back. And all of a sudden, just a little whisper. No, no, no. She didn't come here for you. She came here for me. And I knew what God was asking me. And I knew I don't have any clever words to give this girl. I'm not convincing her that Jesus is real. I'm not going to try and go, hey, here's the five things to accept Jesus. Da, 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 da. I'm going to pray for her. God's power is going to fill her. And she's going to give her life to Jesus. Amen. Why don't you just uh, close your eyes just for a moment? Wow, Jesus. Wow, Jesus. Thank you for your presence, God. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things. To you are all things. You deserve the glory. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory, you worthy, you worthy, you worthy of it all, Jesus. You worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. You worthy. You worthy of it all. Yes, you are Jesus. You worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory, you worthy Jesus, you worthy of it all, right here, right now, you worthy of it all, for from you are all things, and to you are all things, you deserve the glory, day and night. Not in day, let incense arise. Oh, day and night, not in day, let incense arise. 
day and night, night and day, let it seem to rise. Day and night, night and day, you were the Avidor. You were the Avidor. For from you are all things. And to you are all things. You deserve the glory. And all the saints and angels. They bow before your throne. And all the elders cast. Their crown before the Lamb of God. Sing, sing it out. You were the Avidor. Yes, you are. You were the Avidor. For from you are all things. And to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Changing the atmosphere, just sing it again. You were the Avidor, Jesus. You were the Avidor. Yes, you are. For from you are all things. And to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Oh, day and night, night and day, let it sense rise. Oh, day and night, night and day, let it sense rise. Oh, day and night, night and day, let it sense rise. Oh, day and night, night and day, you were the... For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory, and all the saints and angels, they bow before your throne, and all the elders cast. The crown before the Lamb of God and speak. You were the Avidor. You were the Avidor. Your sweet, sweet presence. For from you are all things. And to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Jesus, I love you, I love you, I love you. Jesus, I love you, I love you, I love you. Jesus, I love you, I love you, I love you. More than anything, more than anything, 
love your presence. Oh, we love your presence, God. Oh, we love your presence. Oh, we love your presence, God. You might be thinking, what am I doing? But I had a whole other thing that I was just going to go and I thought, God, so take a moment just to minister to me. And I'm, I'm not up here to give you guys a show. I'm actually just, I'm here to honor God and ask what he's doing. So we're just going to carry on singing. And you can feel as I began to sing, the room just began to shift. And as we began to fix our eyes on Jesus and just make it about him, <laughs> he's just going to begin to fill you with his glory, with his power, with his presence. So Jesus, I love you, I love you, I love you. Jesus, I love you, I love you, I love you. Jesus, I love you, I love you, I love you. More than anything, more than anything. And more than anything, and more than anything, sing it with me. Oh, Jesus, I love you, I love you, I love Just stand with me. Oh, Jesus, I love you, I love you, I love you. Oh, Jesus, I love you, I love you, I love you more than anything, and more than anything, and more than anything, and more than anything. Cause Jesus, we love you, we love you, we love you. Oh, Jesus, we love you, we love you, we love you. Oh, Jesus, we love you, we love you, we love you. More than anything, more than anything, more than anything, more than anything. Your name is like honey. Oh, you sing it. Your spirit like water. Right now, Jesus. Your word is a lamp to my feet. Jesus, I love you. I love you. Your name is like honey. Yes, God, right now, right now, these words have become real. Your spirit like water to my... Refresh them, God, refresh this church. Your word is a lamp to my feet. Power, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I love you. I love you, cause Jesus, I love you, I love you, I love you. Oh, Jesus, I love you, I love you, I love you.
more than anything. More than anything. God, I thank you for your power on this people, God. I thank you that you'd fill them with your fire right now. I thank you that we do not need wise or persuasive words, but we actually need your power, God. We need your power for our businesses. We need your power for relationships, for our marriages. We need your power for church, for reconciliation in South Africa. We need your power, God. Ask right now that you begin to fill people with your power in this auditorium, God. Holy Spirit, that you begin to fill them with your power, a tangible touch of your power, God. Right now, God, it would flow like honey, honey on their head and their lips, God. They would begin to feel the tangible weight of God's power and glory on them, Jesus. Transformation, transformation, transformation. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. That people would not be conformed to the patterns of this world, God. They would not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Ask that you would begin to transform and renewing minds in this place, God. I, I thank you for the testimonies to come. For the testimonies to come, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, Jesus. Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. The Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. The Spirit of God that raised Jesus wrapped up three days dead, flesh rotting, bones decaying. The Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. If you have dead relationships, dead businesses, dead marriages, right now, Spirit of God, the same Spirit of God, I pray resurrection life, right now, Lazarus, come out, right now, in Jesus' name, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, and everybody said, amen. 